1206. Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah, I promise. It really is Scott Mosby. You just can't shake me off. I mean, that's all there is. Home improvement, one more hour. Yeah, it, I, I, I promise I'll calm down. Yeah, yeah. There's medication for that, I'm told, although I refuse any possible medication for that, uh, to the consternation of most of my family. I started out hour one with the comment about, you know, every family has an odd duck, you know, the odd one. Do you know how I learned that? You know, if if your family doesn't have an odd one, you're the odd one. I learned that because my family doesn't have an odd one. Yeah, <laughs> took me a while to figure that out. I wasn't the brightest one either. Uh, phone lines are open, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. Bosco the gerbil is in the back here on the treadmill. He's responsible for cranking out 50,000 watts, and Amron backs him up every now and again when he takes a break, you know, goes out for, you know, just a relaxing uh, break out in the woods and, you know, hangs around. It's it's a park across the street. So Bosco's very happy, comes back in, uses his key card just like I do. Uh, but then we have these 50,000 watts of broadcast coming out of this cool tower in Illinois that uh, we have a bunch of really smart uh, engineer technicians that know how to make all that happen, you know? So that's how I get to talk to you and because of the television or telephone you're able to talk to me and then we bring it all out and then we all get smarter together that's why i call this university of cam wax uh, sometimes i have some really neat things to share you know that means i learned something really big that week uh, and i love to share that sometimes but as i go through more and more of these years on cam wax there are about five or six laws of physics that drive the science of building uh, habitable structures and trying to cool and heat and condition and all of that. Uh, and fortunately, my world is only in single-family homes or we do condos and multi-story buildings. We do quite a bit in high-rises because they tend to be more complex and, uh, you know, that's where we shine. You know, if it's if it's tough, difficult, and, uh, you know, high performance, that's the Mosby Building Arts kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people have enough sense to stay out of that. We kind of thrive on that because of the staffing and the people and we love figuring things out. If you haven't figured it out, there's a bunch of people just like me that love learning this stuff like on KMOX. Uh, you know, quite a few listeners that uh, tune in here on KMOX every Saturday just to see, you know, what we're talking about. And I get help from my friends, so I receive texts throughout the show. Uh, remember to tell them about this. Uh, don't forget that. Uh, yeah, that other product is such and such. So there's a whole lot more than just me sitting here on this microphone sharing experience. Uh, and, you know, so think of that as, uh, you know, my research and development team is yours. So when Camo X says, I'm at your service, there's a bunch of us. 
Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name's Scott Mosby. Uh, I own Mosby Building Arts. This is our 72nd year, founded in 1947. I've been on this radio station for 21 years. I did a little uh, dorm radio and college uh, radio station when I was in college. Uh, I enjoyed that. That was fun. Man, was I bad. Holy cow. I, you know, I did a uh, golf uh, tournament some years ago. We we're very active in, you know, not-for-profits and fundraisers and uh, things like that. And I played with a guy he's, who was, you know, from radio. And he said, man, you know, I, I remember you when you started. He says, you're, you're, you're pretty good now. He said, boy, you were terrible when you started. I'm like, hey, hey, thanks a lot. How much better am I? A oh, little bit. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, thems that know uh, can uh, tell me. So I was pretty rough, I guess, in my early years. I didn't know it. I brought my A game. My A game was only C, but I didn't know it. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's go to Tony and see what's cooking here right on the, the radios. And let's see, Tony, how can I help you, my friend? Well, Scott, I would like to talk about a ceramic tile pan that's leaking from the drain area. Okay. And and I know it needs to be torn out. The initial installation, it looks like they put the membrane right on the subfloor. The hole in the subfloor is too big, and there's no flanges on the drain. Oy. The pipe just kind of pokes up through the through the floor. Yeah. Um, and it has to be rebuilt, but I've looked at some... OD training videos for the OD drain. Sure. And I, I'm not sure how it should be built. Should there be mortar first? Yeah. Then the membrane, then mortar again. Or so, so tell me the correct way so that this shower doesn't leak again in five years. Okay, Tony, I'm going to dumb this way down so that I can understand it and communicate it. Uh, if you put the membrane right on the floor of the plywood or subfloor, whatever it is, that is by definition not a sloped membrane. So your sloping drain or let's just call it a sloping roof, if it doesn't have slope, then even if it doesn't leak, it's going to prematurely die. So instead of lasting 40 years, this stuff's only going to last 15, you know, because it's wet all the time. So you do put the mud set in, you shape the shape of the swimming pool so it all slopes down to that drain, and that's where you fill that mud set or that mud base or lift, as some guys call it, up to that first flange of that drain, and that's when you put the membrane and you let the drain dry. And, and frankly, you, you know, sometimes it cracks and sometimes it doesn't. Then you can do a little bit of your patching to the shrinkage because you're putting a big glob of, you know, sand and cement in there. But it's mm-hmm. got a slope. It, it, putting a membrane on a flat roof is a fool's errand. So you, you need to make this thing slope, up, lift it up to that first flange, and that's where you put your membrane. And then the next thing that I will advocate for, Tony, is everybody brings that re- membrane up about 8 inches on the side. Why not just bring it up 24 inches and lap it over, excuse me, over the curb or, or step into the shower so that everything is washed waterproofed all the way up too high. One thing I've learned on roofs, showers, and any kind of water feature is when you think you're done, go another foot and, and then you're good for the Midwest. So when you're tearing out the walls or at least cutting out the walls, you want to go up 24 inches instead of eight or 12. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, uh, for, and here's my next answer. Uh, 
I would advocate going, taking the walls out and starting all over because you're going to put in a cold seam, a joint that goes all the way through um, from that wall to that 24-inch or 12-inch or whatever it is. You're, you've done 70% of the complex work in the shower. I would go ahead and put your walls all over. You know, I don't do just pans in my world. You know, I if okay. you're going if you're going to run the ball down seventy to eighty yards, man, go the hundred yards and you know get her done. Go all the way up and and okay. make this thing okay. bomb proof. This these are the places where that's the Achilles heel. Where you know five ten years from now, you know something leaks. This, so in this OD shower drain, it's, it's got kind of a clamshell locking device. Is that is that something that you? advocate or you like or oh yeah yeah i'm fine with that just so long as you've got the slope the membrane and you have to be bomb proof perfect putting that membrane in so all that glue and the laps and the cleaning that's where the rubber meets the road and that's where you're buying the next 10 or 20 years you know the, a bad job generally lasts five ten years a good job lasts 40 years yeah well this one this one didn't last five years well you um, yeah they so- that was just bad design they didn't know what they were doing and, and so this is all a ceramic tile expert, not a plumber issue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Plumber, okay. the, so they, I mean, yeah, they're just pointing at each other, trying to shoot the other guy. That's, that's, that's exactly what they're doing right now. They're going, not my job. No, 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 no. The, and the plumber, uh, the plumber is responsible for the water not leaking. Let him drive the bus. Make the tile guy answer to the plumber. Okay, so the plumber has to do the drain connection. Right. And then the tile guy does all of the surrounding, the uh, uh, the concrete board and, and the, the, the mortaring and all of that. Yeah, but there are plumbers and there's plumbers. The plumber needs to know how these old pans get built so that they can put their, um, their, their drain up to the proper elevation. Because if he puts that flange right on the, the subfloor, there's no room for the tile guy to, to put his mud in there. So they both need to know very intimately what the other guy is going to do. If they don't, you got the wrong teammate. Okay. You follow what I mean? If, if the plumber guy knows the plumbing and the tile guy knows the tally and they don't know the other guy's trade, you're toast. Yeah. So, and plumbers are licensed, but how do you determine a good ceramic guy? Well, how how do you know a good doctor from a bad doctor? How do you know a good teacher from a bad teacher? How do you know? I mean, it's all the same. You, you They're not all the same. You know, that, exactly. you know, licensed plumber, you know, that guy, he does engineered piping systems on hundred story buildings. He's not the guy to build your shower. Yes, yes. Okay, well, how about the, the ceramic guy then? How do I find a good ceramic guy? Um, I, frankly, uh, I call my office. This is something where I think there needs to, you're, you're actually talking to the um, instrumentalists. You need a conductor. The general contractor is the guy that's really responsible for getting all this uh, so that you personally, if you're doing this yourself and you're hiring these trades out, you're the weak link because you need to tell them where to set this drain and then you explain to the other what the other guys do and that's what the general contractor, he doesn't just pick mm-hmm. up the phone and call guys. He makes sure that Mo gets along with Larry, Larry gets along with yeah. Mo, Mo and Larry yeah. are connected at the hip and you look them both in the eyes and you say, you know, if this Thing leaks i'm coming at you mm-hmm. both of them mm-hmm. okay 
Well, you've given me some valuable information. Yeah, yeah. Tony, it's tougher than it looks, and you need to have some serious trade skills to negotiate with these guys because it's more than just scheduling. Uh, you know, and it's no different for a consumer. So, uh, you know, it, it honestly, it's fun. But I, frankly, that's how I learned, too. You know, despite my father saying, you got to do this, you got to do that, I had to go learn for myself. Well. All right. I appreciate your help. All right, Tony. Good luck, my friend. Call uh, call us if you if you want. Uh, you give us a buzz, and there are all kinds of people at Mosby can help you through this. All righty. Thank you much. Have a great day. Okay. Bye. Bye. Home Improvement, Cam Wicks, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. You may not lo- what, like what I'm going to say, but I will tell you the truth. And, you know, or I'll tell you what I think is true, whether truth, you know, that might be a divine thing, but I'll tell you what I think is true. And and all of it gets down to people getting along with people. Um, you know, if they sit down and they have lunch together and the plumber's talking to the mud set guy and the mud set guy saying, you know, how high are you going to set that drain, you know, or a phone call, whatever. And it's like, well, I'm going to put it down on the floor. Well, I need it higher than that. I need to get some reinforced mud to slope around your drain. And, you know, and, and a lot of these new plumbers don't know what a shower pan should look like and how that relates. So you need a, need a, a you know, an experienced plumber, you know, knowing the stuff and the code and the trade skills is different than knowing how to prepare a drain for a mud set shower pan tile guy to come in behind. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. I promise I get off my stump here right now. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Opa! Yeah, opa! Uh, you may not be Greek, but by golly, it feels good to say opa! I encourage you to go down. It's a great time, good gathering. Uh, and, you know, if you're looking for fun, don't go there. If you are looking for fun, go there. Great family thing. Well, let's see what's cooking here. Let's go have some fun with Ann. Hey, Ann. Good morning or good afternoon. How can I help? Uh, Scott, I'm calling about a uh, bathroom medicine cabinet. The door, the frame around the mirror, mm-hmm. it has the handle, but of course, a lot of times you just take your hand and you pull on the, the wood or whatever it is. And little by little, that is peeling off. And it's like a plastic. It's not really a paint. Mm-hmm. What's the easiest way to get that off? I want to. Re- I don't want to buy a whole new cabinet because then I hit take this one out of the wall. I just want to redo the f- the frame where the mirror is. Is this a clear coating around the chrome, or is the chrome or the finish coming There's off? There's no chrome. This is all looks like it was painted white, but it's not. It's real slick, and it's starting to peel off, and it peels off like pieces of plastic uh is it very very thin and is the the substrate kind of a brown wood yes okay that is thermal foil uh it is a shrink wrap it's kind of like what you and i use to shrink wrap um a vacuum pack uh prepared food in our kitchen. So that is a thermal foil finish. That is failure of the finish. Um, It is uh, that you need a new door. And, you know, frankly, you're just ripping off the already failed surface, but you're pulling the finish off that cabinet. Uh, To limit that, to kind of slow that down, I would take an X-Acto knife or a razor blade or something and slice through. It's kind of like cutting the rust out ahead of where it's delayed. Laminating, but any moisture on your hand will just continue to pull that thermal foil uh, laminate off. I'd like to take it off the whole frame. Would I have to use a razor blade to scrape it off? 
Um, it, it, it's not going to come off as easily. At the place where you grab it with your hand over the years, yeah. uh, that gets a lot of moisture, a lot of abrasion, a lot of rub, care, dirt, whatever, you know, oils from the skin. The rest of it isn't going to come off very easily. You will not be successful pulling that stuff off the whole wall, a whole door. If I decide that's what I will do and just be patient with it, there seems like there's a glue when I sand that, uh, it looks like the frame's made from sawdust or something. Yeah. It, Just sand that down and put a sealer on it and then put uh, paint on it. Yeah, if you're going to pull that laminate off, uh, heat it up with a blow dryer or a heat gun. So the way to activate that um, um, uh, adhesive is to warm it up. For example, when we have uh, a formica or a laminate countertop and it's, it pops off the substrate, basically we put an iron on it and we heat up that area without scorching the plastic and yeah. it reactivates that plastic. So that's going to make the plastic soft so you'll be able to pull it off with that. Then once you get that membrane off here and you're then going to have to get the adhesive off which is, uh, again, a little difficult. Yeah, well, I... Um, it's doable. It, it's doable. Yeah. You know, I uh, I just don't want to replace the whole medicine cabinet because it means taking it out of the wall and then having a new frame made for it. Well, um, how, how old is, is this? Uh, you may be able to buy just a new door and screw it back onto the hinges. I think it's been in... It's kind of old. Oh, oh. It's probably... You know how they're always changing sizes and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, when it's made offshore, you don't don't even know who made it, so I, I understand. Right. So I guess, but I had thought, well, I could use a blowtorch, and I thought, yeah, you can set the house on fire, too, and they don't want to do that. But the the uh, hair dryer is a good idea. Yeah, you'll know it. You, you know, uh, it's um, it'll soften that adhesive, yeah. and then you'll need a soft, uh, some sort of a solvent to get that adhesive off. I can't just sand it off? Eh, not really. It's going to be kind of gummy. It's It's like sanding glue. You know, even okay. once the glue dries, it's still kind of gooey and gummy. And then the Kills uh, sealer yep. would be a good one. Yeah. Uh, the water base or the oil? I would use the oil in this case because your adhesive is probably an oil-based product as well. And you may need to put that on, let it dry, sand that. And so you may need some solid buildup of the Kills. Uh, and that Kills is very thin. It's water thin in the yes. solvent form. But use the oral form? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you very much. Good luck, Dan. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. There we go. Sometimes, um, you know, just wearing stuff out. In, in the old days when it was a wood cabinet, we literally just wore the finish right off that, uh, the stain off that wood door. Now with the thermal foil, uh, and they call them all kinds of different things. We've had all kinds of issues. Uh, we used to make our own cabinets and custom cabinetry at Mosby Building Arts for decade or so, but uh, it, it just got so complex. Uh, the thermal foil would be one color white, and then the edge banding, which is the edge or the flat part around the corner of the cabinet frame itself, would be a different kind of plastic. And then the ultraviolet, the sun, would age those two whites, though they were white the same color when they were the first year. Year five, you might have one a different color white than the other. So it just got, you know, pretty deep. So I know a lot about how to mess up cabinets and how they go south. Uh, and, and that's why the sourcing, knowing where the products come, what they're made of, and that, you know, the person you or company you buy your products from, if they're not smart enough to realize thermal foil and that edge veneer are two different products and don't buy far enough the food, you know, everything looks good in year one. Uh, the quality and, you know, what separates the, 
you know, big boys from the little boys is year 10, 20, and 30. I'll uh, see what's cooking here with Karen. Hey, Karen, Scott here. How can I help? Hi, hi Scott. I want to put a stackable washer in an upstairs closet. Uh-huh. Uh, I've already had the plumbing installed and the four-prong plug. My question is, it's a, it's a townhouse and it's a condo. Okay. Um, you know, first I was going to buy a ventless dryer. Then I heard some negative things about a ventless dryer. So I was thinking about the, the one piece. But I need to know about venting. Mm-hmm. Can I sit to the attic or does it have to be vented outside? Or what's your opinion between vented and ventless? Um, well, the, the, vent, the ventless or unvented dryers are made for you. Uh, because some buildings are just very difficult to vent. Number two, the reason that is, is because if you're going to vent that dryer, it needs to vent to the exterior, and the attic is not outside. All you're going to do is create a rain and snowstorm up in your attic in odd times of the year. You know, because, yeah, you're pumping a bunch of humidity up there, sometimes warm in the winter. You know, it's just not good. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it creates bad things. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you need to get it outdoors. That means you can go up through the roof, but you have to go all the way through the roof shingles. The problem is even on the second floor, by the time you lift that warm, moist air up, maybe 12, 14 feet sometimes, you know, it may turn back into water and condense back down to where your dryer connection is. And now you've got this water leak at the base of your dryer because that, you know, the air cools off before it gets outside the house. Uh, so that's okay. why they've made these unvented dryers. I'm not a big fan of them, but they do work, and they, they're just slower. They take a longer time to dry the clothes. Um, okay. But that, yeah. Uh, and so if I'm you're looking it, at one that's 24 inches wide, the compact one. Okay. Uh, so, like, the there's Bosch makes one and GE makes one. Do you have any knowledge of... Which ones are better? Or well, I like those two brands. Uh, you know, they're they're good companies. You need to buy far enough up the food chain. Everybody has their entry level product. You need to get you know out of five different lines of, of dryers. You need to not buy not the lowest and the second lowest. You need to buy three, four, or five. Um, okay. That the, the first two are always made for price points. So all, their goal is to build a cheap dryer. You know, yeah. three, four, or five, they're then starting performance. They're selling performance and features, but they're getting paid for it. So those are the, that's kind of how I buy it. You oh. don't you don't want to buy the Ferrari unless you love it. But, yeah. you know, you sure don't want to buy the Yugo either. Great. Because I, I wanted to do a ventless one, and then people started saying, oh, those I heard those don't work very well. And, and um, well, they, so they don't I started wor- thinking about venting, and I go, can I vent it to the attic? And so I guess I'll go back to the ventless now. Well, I wouldn't necessarily just don't just don't rule it out. There are reasons for that, but uh, the best thing is a vented dryer out through the exterior. But you've got to talk to your uh, townhome association because you can't poke holes and put visual things outside your house without their permission. Right, right. That's what I thought. But if you ask them, you will not be the first. They will say, "Oh, go check with George. He did it last week." You know, so oh. <laughs> you, 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 that you're not the first guy doing this. So somebody okay. else figured this out too. Right. Okay. Great. Okay. Thanks, Scott. All right, Karen. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Camel X. Stay tuned. We've got so much fun here. Bosco. Yeah, but I tell you what, you take a ba- break, buddy. We'll be right here when you come back. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yes, indeed. We've got some phone lines open for you. I know you've been holding that question in your pocket for a month. 
one of these days I'm going to call Scott and ask him this. Now's your opportunity. Here you go. Just for you, 314-436-7900. It's a secret. You can call in. We can talk online. I promise I'll answer your question. May not be the right answer, but I'll answer your question. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. A big afternoon here on X. We're going up until the cards and the reds tonight here on X. That's at 6.15 tonight. Uh, Right after this show, Rick Edelman comes up. Then 3 o'clock, the business of family business. Health Matters presented by SSM Health. Fred Bottomer brings you that at 4 o'clock. And then at 5.20, our typical Ameren Total Access pregame show, Chris Raby brings us all the cool things. We've got Mike Schilt, Kyle McClellan. We had all kinds of Cardinal stuff coming up. And then the cards come on, and Chris Raby comes on for the Missouri Lottery, not Lottery uh, Clubhouse postgame show. So stay tuned. We've got cool stuff all afternoon here on Camwex. Let's see what's up with my friend Adele. Hey, Adele, Scott here. How are you? How may I help? Hello, Adele. Are you with us? Hello, Adele. Are you listening to your phone or your radio? The radio is seven seconds behind the phone. That's courtesy of Janet Jackson since she did her thing at the uh, Super Bowl. Um, We have a seven-second delay. Uh, Put you back on hold. Let's see what's happening with Derek. Hey, Derek, Scott here. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Hey, uh, thanks again for all your work with Rebuilding Together. But uh, I have a question for my own home. Yeah. I'm getting ready to sell because the kids are out of the house and we need to downsize. So our countertops are kind of a funky light purple color. Uh-huh. And uh, um, just and in some places they've uh, sort of delaminated and faded. But uh, should we go ahead and replace or just leave them and let the next homeowner decide what they want to do? Uh, I think you'll find a real estate uh, uh, advice will be to replace them and replace them with something neutral, something uh, less bold uh, than, you know, a a lavender type color. But really, when you have a here's how it's going to go down. You have a home inspector. Home inspector comes in, says your countertops are toast. They put a number on it and then they just deduct it from your selling price either way. So whether you want to deal with that now or later. And then what happens is the the buyers put a little bit of fear on there. So not only do you pay for the countertops, but you pay for the, whoops, I hope this works out okay. So I think you're better off getting simple stuff like that. Obvious flaws corrected. Uh, the house will show better. It gives a better emotional feel and, you know, it gets into, you know, how we design projects. Does that project deliver the feel you want? And then that feel is is really the objective, the goal, you know, what we're trying to get out of home. Okay, I understand. We put in new carpets and Anderson and Pella windows and a new front door unit and stuff. So, oh man, pretty good. yeah, you already so. did all the heavy lifting. Go ahead and take you know take the win and do the countertops, man. That's that's the icing on the cake. All right. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Hey, thank right back at you. Thanks for your help on rebuilding together too. Sure enough. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye now. For those of you that don't know, uh, rebuilding together. Um, you know, I'm old enough way back in yesteryear or yester decade. It used to be called Christmas in April. Uh, it evolved into uh, what's called Rebuilding Together. And then we call Rebuilding Together St. Louis. We've gone through several uh, leadership changes since its inception. Uh, grew up over the last two decades uh, to the point, uh, you know, uh, Dave Irvin, who used to run KMOX down here and the, the CBS stations in yesteryear is the executive director of Rebuilding 
building together, uh, and it has grown to a, a phenomenal thing. If you want to make a difference, uh, it, it happens year-round. We used to do this just in April. We still have rebuilding day. It's usually uh, late April, early May. Uh, but if you want to do something that makes a difference, makes people feel good, uh, please check out how to help and volunteer rebuilding together uh, college students from the universities here in town all the way through retired people that uh, you know fill up drinks and and d- d- take around um, water and and most of the retired people do the serious heavy construction too right back at Derek here so anyway it, it's it's a great opportunity um, you know we'll take a short pause and come back for more on Camwex stay tuned Scott Mosby at your service on Camwex. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah, they let me out way too early, took me off my medication. I am off the res, and I am live and lively as Mike Miller. And you know what? Mike Miller is pretty wild himself. Uh, have you ever seen that guy? 12 months out of the year, could be 6 degrees outside. He's in flip-flop shorts and a T-shirt. Holy smokes. I have to say, since my show is not contiguous, I, I my yard was looking really good, very happy when, when my show was right after Mike Miller's for years, almost a decade. Then we got moved around, and I don't see Mike Miller with overlap in between. My yard has been asking for Mike Miller. Mike, send me Mike. Because I'd be able to ask. I mean, you call in here. I'd I'd have a question for Mike every. Hey, Mike, what do we do? How, what's the best time to fertilize? When do I prune this tree? How do I go about? Well, anyway, miss Mike. Uh, let's get to Keith and see what's happening here. Scott here. Keith, how can I help, my friend? Hey, Scott, how are you doing today? Hey, I had a question. My daughter-in-law was wanting to put a master bath in. She wants a rain shower head in the master bath. Huh? And the plumber that came by that looked at the job told her. Well, doesn't recommend putting the, the pipe that, from the shower head in the attic. They have an unfinished attic above. Yep. It's a ranch house. It's insulated, but it's unfinished, you know, not, not uh, heated or cooled up there. Yeah. He and she would not accept that answer as the truth. So I wanted to call you and see what you thought of that. How does that work? Well, God bless him. Uh, thank your lucky stars um, because he is absolutely right. Mother Nature will turn that water into ice and that pipe into a split and that split into another plumber repair, tear out the drywall, fix, you know, I mean, on and on. Now, there's a way to do this, Keith. The answer is to put a drop soffit and a heated soffit up there. So you can't just drop a, a box of frame. You know what I'm talking about? You just lower yeah, the ceiling right. about 12 inches. You can't just fill it up with insulation. Somehow you've got to get a heat source up there. Otherwise, uh, it just becomes a cold box adjacent to the unheated attic. You, you follow right. what I, I mean? Yeah, and I, I agree 100%. I'm just trying to get some verification from you because her, you know, everybody watches the HG channel. Oh, they, they do it all the time. I said, it's probably in Southern California, yeah, not I, Missouri, when it's 10 below zero outside. I amen, heard. brother. Yeah, amen. So, I I think it'd just be a problem down the road if you did. If you need to think, well, we can't just insulate. I I don't think it's going to work just to insulate the ceiling up there above that attic. It's not going to work. You need a heat source. Insulation keeps the heat that's there and slows down how quickly you lose the heat. That's a crude description of so. But if there's no heat there to begin with, there you know it just freezes. It's more contiguous with the attic. 
That's what the plumber told her, but, you know, everybody, she knows better than the plumber out there, obviously. But I'll call her and tell her, as Scott said, to do it the way the plumber said. We're good to go. Thank you. Oh, okay. you're, you're welcome. You averted a heck of a disaster there, Keith. Good job there. Thank you. Okay. All right. You know, maybe that daughter, uh, you know, I remember the letter, uh, golly, gee, Dad, you didn't know anything when I was 13. You got really stupid when I was in high school. And then through college, you started to come to your senses. And then by the time I graduated school and got into my late 20s, I was amazed at how much you had learned. Yeah. Well, let's see what's happening with Hannah. Hey, Hannah Scott here. How can we help there? Hi, Scott. I have a question. I have a buildup of black mold down in my basement in several of the rooms. What's the best way to get rid of it? I have a professional come and take care of it or do it myself. Well, how much is it? And uh, tell me about this black mold. Where is it? Uh, how long has it been there? And where's the moisture source? It's, the, it's um, well, right by the washer, washer and dryer. Uh-huh. And it's been there for over, gosh, I'd say more than six months to a year. And the other rooms are just open. Okay. As do you have the black uh, stuff anywhere other than around that washer and dryer? Yes, in the other two rooms also. Okay. Uh, is your dryer effectively uh, vented to the outside of the house? Yes. Are you sure? Uh huh. Okay. Um, I would propose that there's some source of moisture there by that washer dryer that maybe the the pipe that connects up to your dryer may be leaking or the joints between that are leaking. Uh, frankly, if it's a washer and dryer, uh, how many other places is it and how heavy is this black? Uh, let's see. It's, it's heavy in one of the rooms. I haven't really done anything to it yet. It's heavy in that room and then uh, a little storage room too. Okay, you need a pro to come in and look at that. If it's in multiple rooms, first off, uh, if it's between the furniture and the wall where there's no ventilation, you can trap moisture in that. Uh, But I would, uh, first off, get a little hygrometer or a relative humidity gauge. Go to the hardware store or home center and get one of those digital thermometers. They also have a digital uh, relative humidity gauge on there. And put that about four feet above the floor. I, I put them on a table or sometimes I'll have a four-foot ladder that I'll leave there and, and just watch that and see what the relative humidity is. Down in that basement, uh, anything above 55% relative humidity grows mold and the bugs get real happy, They you know, because it's nice and humid and it's good for their skin and such. So... Uh, okay. If you're up at 75, 80% in relative humidity, um, anything you clean up will just come back. So you've got right. to dehumidify this area, drop your humidity down below 55%. It's really hard to get below 55 in in basements around this part of the country. But as long as you're 60 to 50%, you've got a fighting chance to, you know, stay healthy. And then you need to circulate this air um, with the dehumidifier. Uh, but dry it out. Before you put the fan on, call somebody to see what you've got. Because uh, if you've got it in more than one room, uh, you, you know, it, it probably isn't a big problem. But a little problem for a long time becomes a big problem. So Okay. Yeah, better safe than sorry on this one. Oh, yes. And who would you recommend? I know you probably want to talk about it on, on the uh, air, but... Yeah, it's, a, it's an environmental it's an environmental company, same guys that do asbestos and whatever. Uh, anyway, call our office at 909-1800. We're 314-909-1800. We'll refer an environmental company okay. that we use and... Uh, 
Um, you know, and and dry this thing out. And, and the ticket is once you get this thing cleaned up, and you may not like the answer of this because if you've got mold on surfaces, everything in your basement is covered with mold, just not as ugly. Yeah, there, there's, you know, there are no survivors. Yeah, that's the, okay. that's where you're going with this. And it, and it may be just household mold and, you know, like the stuff in your shower. But, you know, left alone long enough, that stuff in your shower, you know, creates new life forms. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. All right. Sorry okay. for the bad news, Hannah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. But, you know, mold is, you know, mold is cause for terror, uh, usually unnecessarily. Mold is one of Mother Nature's tools to drive us all back into dust, break us down, send us back to the elements we all came from. Uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, uh, on we go, you know. So this is not rocket science. Um, mold and mildew uh, is nature's tool. Left alone, it can be a problem for our breathing, for our respiratory systems. So in this part of the country, it, you know, the humidity is high. Even the wall cavities inside our buildings, you can't keep the water out. The water is literally hanging in the air inside those wall cavities with ambient air, just the stuff that's, you know, flying around all the way around us here. So keep in mind that humidity is everywhere all the time. Then you add a food source like fabric, wood, which is cellulose fiber, paper, um, uh, drywall paper as well, uh, paint, anything organic that's a food source, and then make it a little dark and don't circulate the air. Well, that's called a Petri dish. And Petri dishes are used in uh, scientific research to grow cultures. So that's kind of what happens is when the right conditions exist in our homes, um, we can, you know, grow primordial life forms out of the goo if you let it go too, too far. I'm exaggerating here. But the issue, the reason some people are less susceptible to mold than others is there's no measurement. There's no hard and fast number that above this level of mold, humans aren't happy. Well, that's not true because there's some bomb-proof humans that can breathe just about anything. And then there's some really respiratory-compromised, medically-challenged people that, you know, need really clean air all the time. So we're not all alike. We're not all the same. We're all, our, all of our biological systems are not as healthy as every... So one size does not fit all. Yeah. Big, you know, newsflash there. Uh, so anyway, keep in mind that. Um, so that's why mold is a relative thing. Anyway, enough of that. Hey, uh, remember, we've got a custom bathroom seminar coming up this coming Saturday at the Lodge of De Pair, 1030. Check it out. Log on, callmosby.com. That's a website, C-A-L-L. Uh, M-O-S-B-Y dot C-O-M. Just get on there, do seminars, sign up for it. We have these throughout the year on various topics. It's kind of like an outreach of the KMOX Home Improvement Show so that we're able to really share the knowledge and, you know, kind of get smart consumers. Smart consumers tend to make good decisions. Good decisions last longer. Projects that last longer send less debris and dump to the stuff, to the landfills, on and on and on. KMOX, Scott, see you next week.